see you, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. Tonight, we're talking about going where the land is. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I am doing great. Great to be podcasting with you once again, Phil. It's been a, we, had, we had a little, uh, a little break from it, but uh, glad to be back. We had a short lull there. I've, I've been very busy with some travel, and uh, I'm, I'm still traveling over the next few weeks, but we're going to get some podcasts in anyway. I'm not going to let that be an excuse because, you know, it's just too important. There's too much future going on for us not to, not to be covering this. So we're, we're going to talk about going where the land is. Do you get the reference in the title there? Perhaps not. Perhaps not. Clue me in a little bit, Phil. We will land on that in the end then. Perhaps it'll all come clear. But let's start with a story okay. you had actually shared with me, and I think it's really interesting. The headline here is, In Hong Kong, Humankind Moves Back Into Caves. So talking about Hong Kong, most expensive real estate in the world, according to this story, which is interesting. They are yep. dealing with a very limited footprint of space for things to happen, bottom line, right? It's a, it's yep. a pretty small island, and it's very full. They got more skyscrapers than anybody, and it's a growing city, and they need to put things someplace. So they're saying, you know what? We're running out of land. We're going to start putting things underground. Basically, that's the story, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it and uh, you, you build up as much as you can, and then once you've done that, where else can you go, right? I mean, you got that's pretty much the story. I just wonder, what would this entail? I mean, would this be like just putting in like little micro, uh, almost uh, tiny house-sized apartments that – People don't spend any time in except for to sleep, maybe, uh, but otherwise they live above ground. Are, are we talking about trying to make something that's a little more livable and, and has some open spaces and things like that? I, I'm, I'm really interested in that. So. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what they talk about in the story here is more on the public facilities kinds of things. Obviously, they, they do need to get some housing in there, but it's like maybe if they move some yeah. things underground, then they'll have more room for housing above ground. That's one solution, yeah. right? That's, that's, that's right. one way to do it. So they talk about, we're going to build a new swimming pool. Hey, what if we just put it underground? You know, that, that way it's an indoor right. pool. If it was going to be indoors anyway, might as well just make it, make it, make it underground. But I think that's a, that's a good question. If people are going to be living in these dwellings underground, what's that going to be like? Do we have the technology right. now to make that a really livable environment? And you think about even when you stay in a hotel or if you've lived in an apartment, how important that window to the world is, right? Any kind of <laughs> however small and however bleak the view might be, right? And, and I've been in a lot of places where the view is like the wall 10 feet away of the next building, right? Or just the other <laughs> wing of the building you're in or something like that. I know you've spent some time in Vegas and pretty much those places are built, you know, those hotel casinos are built with the, uh, basically they're designed to make you not go outside. I mean, it's just <laughs> right, right. They, That's true. And they they're, have no interest in you leaving the facility. They want you to be right there gambling. And when you're not gambling, maybe catching a few winks in your in your uh, um, hotel room. But other than that, uh, or uh, eating at their buffet, or going eating to at the buffet, show. drinking at the bar, basically yeah. finding your way back to the but, casino. Is, yeah, is exactly. That we we will entertain you long enough so that you don't hit the road. Instead, you'll you'll end up back in the casino. Which is so. The are whole you thing suggesting that, that maybe the, the the Vegas casino designers are the maestros of creating indoor environments. Totally, that, yeah, uh, indoor environments yeah. that you don't mind being inside. Interesting. Maybe yeah, I mean, those guys, they, they can make some beautiful open spaces that are entirely indoors. Have you ever been in the, uh, I'm, th I'm thinking of the uh, the Venice Hotel, this the Venetian. Venetian. And I mean, you, you walk in there and it 
they painted the sky on the ceiling of the place, yes. and they got a gondola guy going up and down with a river flowing through this this environment. And they do their very best to make it, you know, make you feel like you're kind of in a. In, you you know, almost in feel like you're outdoors, and I'll tell you, Caesar's Palace yeah. has the same thing. When you go to the forum shops, they've got this dome overhead. There's this sky overhead. You know, it's not the real sky, but it starts to kind of feel like it is, right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's enough of an open space that it that it starts to kind of feel like it is. So yeah, you can architect indoor spaces to be as very appealing. You can you can architect them to be close proximities of co- close approximations of having some exposure to the outdoors. Will it ever be as good? I don't know. You know, because you don't really stay in a casino for weeks or months at a time, but then these people probably wouldn't be in these buildings for weeks or months at a time either, right? You'd sleep there and then you'd right. get up and you'd go live in the city, right? You'd, you'd have your life wouldn't necessarily be all in your in your apartment building. But I think the idea of making a completely enclosed space livable is great also for long-term space habitats, right? It's another oh, reason we need, we need to get good at this is if we're ever going to live in space, we're going to need to be able to create environments like that, that, that people can be just completely indoors and yet still feel comfortable and feel like they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not living in a, in a trap, right? In a cage or something like that. So I, I, I like the casino idea. I think, I think it would be, I think it would be a smart idea for them to, to think in those kinds of terms, thinking in terms of, how do we make this as broad and expansive as we possibly can? And really, there's a lot of underground to use. That's the beauty about yep. underground. It goes way deep, and you can go way deep. And there's not a lot of downside to that other than learning how to dig down there. And, and <laughs> No downside. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> some, some might say there's not a lot of upside. But the point is, it's easier to cool. It's easier to heat. you got lighting yep. expenses. But there's a lot of wear, weather wear and tear that you don't have to worry about. A lot of stuff right. that doesn't become a factor once you've once you've made that move underground. I, I, I so. suppose if you went deep enough, Phil, you could actually go out underneath the ocean bed. You might run into some problems if uh, if you had a, a if you had a leaking problem, that would be bad. But I mean, if you were deep enough underneath the if you go deep enough, uh, you should be fine. Yeah, if you, if you yeah, get you down there, if you get down there as far as as far as you need to go to to to, to make sure it's sealed, and and that's not going to happen. But where Hong Kong might run into a problem there is where they would prob- run into a problem with my other suggestion. It's like, okay, well, you're running out of land. What else could we do? What other solutions come to mind? And you've got to follow this link and read this story. This is really interesting. What Singapore does, very similar place to Hong Kong in a lot of ways, right? little island hanging off the end of a bigger place, completely limited in terms of where they can move to or what they can do. So they take all their trash. They incinerate all their trash. They turn it to ash. And they take that ash and they pile it up and they make new islands out of it. Right? So Singapore is becoming this archipelago, <laughs> and they're beautiful. Actually, I'll include a link. You can watch a video of one of these completely man-made islands off the shore of Singapore that they created from their own trash. And it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. It looks great, too. That's, that's yeah. neat. That's, that's awesome. And you got to figure, Hong Kong's got to produce a lot of trash, right? I mean, they're, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure they're second to none, certainly, certainly way out producing Singapore in that in that regard, and hey, maybe maybe that's the solution. But why why they wouldn't be able to do that is I'm pretty sure the People's Republic of China is not going to stand for Hong Kong having any more land than they have, right? That would be the well. It, it could be that, or it could be it's it's such a deep water port that it's just not feasible. Same way, Singapore might be might have some shallow ocean uh, that they can just quite easily make a new island out of, you know? Well, they're in the South China Sea, which is where, where China's been building all its artificial islands, right? So that's true. You right. got, uh, 
you've got that shallower water, but you can work around that. You build like a like a oil rig type platform and then put the island on top of that. I mean, there's there's you'd have to take that next step technologically. But I have a feeling that China, which has been big on building their own islands, is not going to be big on Hong Kong, their their problem stepchild, right? Building its own <laughs> islands. How successful Hong Kong is is just has to be just a little bit embarrassing to the Chinese authorities. It just oh, not, you know what? Actually, that's that's pretty interesting. You know, time was that was the case, but now it's not even in the top five. I think biggest or most financially successful cities in China any longer. So how about that? So that part doesn't give them the heartburn, but what does is the fact that they have an open system, right? They have a completely different government system, and China doesn't want that getting any bigger, right? That's all they need is another <laughs> is more Hong Kongs on their hands, right? They, they they want Hong Kong to be brought back into the fold, and then they can add on as many islands as they want, I'm sure. But that's a big political matter that that we won't get resolved here. All that's to say, it's a great solution Singapore has come up with. Not going to work for Hong Kong. But it reminded me of a discussion that we've had before, which is when Thomas Fry was on, you guys were talking about how humanity seems to be merging in cities, right? There's this move away from small towns. There's a move away from rural life. And the whole population of humanity is moving into cities. Yeah, we're urbanizing. Urbanizing. As a a species, we are urbanizing. As a species, we seem to be urbanizing. Well, maybe that's an optimum, and maybe that's something that trend that needs to be bucked, right? Maybe for some cities that are getting too crowded, the answer is there's other land that can be used. (laughs) Why don't we have people go live there? And my title here actually comes from, I don't know if you recall an old infamous Sam Kennison comedy routine. You remember Sam Kennison? Oh, yeah, quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, he, he did a bit, a bit about Ethiopia. and uh, Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Ter- terrible famine <laughs> in Ethiopia back in the 80s. And, and he did a thing, and he, he could affect this very serious, t- tasteless bit. Okay, let's just let's predicate it on saying that. They'd had a terrible famine in Ethiopia. And he said, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go in there, we're going to help them. We're going to say, hey, listen, we want to we set you up. We want to give you some food. We want to take care of you. We want to make sure everything's okay. And then we want to give you one piece of advice. Why don't you go where the food is? Okay, you know, and he goes just goes into this huge rant about how we have deserts too. We just don't live in them, and you know, it's just see what this is. It's sand. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're sand. Yeah. Yeah, You know. So it's like, well, I would never say that to people suffering from famine, but to people who are being overcrowded, it's like, well, why don't you go where the land is? Right. We got we got this huge planet, and we're moving away from having space to not having space. So one of the solutions might be. There, there might be some just iconoclastic, free-thinking individuals who are just going to say, yeah, enough of this. Let's go start smaller communities outside in the, in the interior of the U.S. Or I'm, I'm going to tell you, water is, water is key, though. In order to have a city, you have to have water. Uh, we pretty much have cities where we have water sufficient to support a city, and we don't have cities places that we don't have the water. So you know what we need to get good at, Phil, is getting water from the ocean. You know, if we, if we got really good uh, desalination in some way or in some form or another, we got really good at it. Maybe we get good at it because we have unlimited in- energy in the form of fusion, or maybe we get really, really efficient at the process of removing salt from seawater. But you get good but at that's that. That's really interesting. One, if we could move water around better, if we could make it clean, if we make it drinkable yeah. and move it around right. better, then we could move people around better. That it's, yeah, that, we could, you know. Part could, of the reason people cluster in cities is water, and we weren't even thinking about that. There's probably all these right. other reasons, but that's a big one. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, of course, I think in, in the case of, for example, the U.S., where we've got small towns that are just being abandoned, right? 
they've yeah. got water, right? <laughs> People can move back to them, True. so that 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 would work. But for bigger cities, you're right. You you'd have to be able to move. You'd have to be able to move water to them. But I think going where the land is might be a long-term kind of out-of-the-box solution to overcrowding, and it might be a good interesting future move for humanity. So we'll, we'll bookmark that and keep track of it. Obviously, it won't work for Hong Kong because if China is not going to let them build more islands, they're certainly not going to let them have any land on the interior. I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that happening. No, no that's, that's not going to happen. So sorry, Hong Kong. That was the Singapore idea, maybe. But uh, I, think, I think they're doing be- the best they can. Best of luck to them. I'm interested to see what happens with their experiment, and uh, interested to see what happens next. And, well, yeah, and, and and hire some people from Las Vegas. I really think they. <laughs> if you're going underground, uh, they, those guys couldn't hurt. So, yeah. we're going to be talking about Elon Musk in our next show, and one of one of his big yep. things, the, the Boring Company, is about just about how much space there is underground. So it, it's possible that in places in congested places like San Francisco or Los Angeles or. Other parts of uh, other parts of the U.S. that are New York, maybe that are getting overcrowded, that going underground might become a solution that is used there as well. We will see. Anyway, fun talking to you, Stephen. We're going to be back on Thursday with a brand new show. As I said, we're going to be talking about the Elon Scapades, so uh, the latest adventures <laughs> of our of our hero Elon Musk. Looking forward to talking to you about that, Stephen. Great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it. Mm-hmm.